0: Listening to
1: Mastering Retention,
0: presented by Userwise. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's episode of the Mastering Retention podcast. I'm here with Vautier uh, from GamePoint. I love all of our conversations that we get to have. Um, And it's been too long since we've talked, but I feel like this is a special one because everyone else gets to absorb all of the stuff. I feel like every time we talk, I just like try to absorb as much knowledge as I can because you just know so many things about so many things and and making games. So uh, this is a super, super exciting and and special podcast for me. So I appreciate you joining me. But uh, before we, you know, dive into everything, I always like to ask, like, what's your story? Like, How did you get into games and, and end up where you are today?
1: Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Uh, you gave me way, way, way too much credit. <laughs> um, yeah, we've spoken a couple of times. We we, we met up at, at several conferences, and we always had a good time. And when you invite me for this, I would say, yes, let's, let's do this. <laughs> um, my story. So my story at GamePoint started nine years ago already, almost 10. Um, and before that, I worked at a different game company, and before that, I was a student jumping around uh, all different kinds of jobs, um, and one specifically was in healthcare. So I have a a social work background, um, and at some point I was... (laughs) I was in a call center calling people for charity saying like, Hey, would you like to uh, support this charity? And I was doing such a bad job at it. Well,
0: that's better than me. At one point I was uh, calling people to try to set up demos to sell them knives. So, you know, at least you were doing it for a good cause, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, And I I was the final step. So they already said yes on the street. And I was the final check. Like, do you actually, actually want this? So I don't (laughs) feel bad about it, but wasn't the best job in the world. and I was certainly not the best person to do it. Um, so at one point, my, my team lead uh, put me aside and said, like, hey, listen, you're not doing very well. However, I know of a local little game company. I, lo- I know you like gaming. Uh, maybe that suits you better. Would you like me to set up a, a meeting? And I was like, uh, well, yeah, I-, I-, I didn't have the best time here either, but thank you for looking out. And uh, so I took that call and I spent five years at that game company, seven years. Um, starting as support agent, um, became community manager, um, and then uh, didn't pan out after such a long time, and then at some point it was like, okay, I'm at home, uh, I need a job, and then uh, GamePoint came along. Mm-hmm. And um, I went there, had a really nice talk, uh, and I think a couple of hours later it was like, hey, would you like to work here, and I said yes. So this is nine years ago, I started out as community manager. Um, uh, for the Dutch community. So we, we, we are based in the Netherlands. Uh, we do Game Point Bingo, and we do uh, all types of different games. But yeah, I started out as a community manager. And from there, slowly but surely, uh, more and more data came in. Uh, more and more data was processed. And at some point, we're like, somebody really needs to take a look at this. And I was asked, like, would you like to go into the life ops side of things with your background in community and the understanding of the company and how the business works, and how the, the, the industry works, would you like to set it up? And uh, that's what I've been doing the last three years. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. And, and, and in regards to GamePoint, it's amazing how much opportunities you can get there and, and, and the longevity of it all. I mean, I've been there for nine years, but there's people there who've been there for 20 years and uh, especially for in gaming, that's, that's a ridiculously long time. Um, and it also makes sure like, um there, there there is longevity there so um you are basically short of a paycheck which is always very nice to have um it was one of the reasons why I said okay let's let's join this so yeah that's 9 years in a really 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 small nutshell <laughs> and yeah. there's countless things i've done there
0: so uh, so tell me a little bit more about uh game point um because I, I feel like some people may not know of them and how long you guys have been around and, and what you guys actually do
1: yeah so it started in 98 wow. um <laughs> that's probably older than some of your listeners uh, or viewers um so, yeah, it started in 98 and around 2005, we got um, bingo. And that was our breakout hit. Uh, all on web. Mobile didn't even exist yet. Facebook didn't even exist yet. So everything had to be built from scratch. Uh, and yeah, and we found an audience and that audience is basically still the same. That's an audience that is predominantly female, um, 40 years and older. Um, they finished raising their children. They're, they're loving their retirement. But they also still really want that social factor. They want to talk to the neighbors they want to talk to 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 everyone in the world where we don't pick up our phone anymore they're on the phone like five hours a day um highly socially engaged and that's why we build in a chat and that's um, uh, one of the key fixtures that we have so it's multiplayer real-time multiplayer bingo with a real-time chat next to it and it's basically if you take away all the fancy stuff it's a bingo hole with chat and well, those things work forever, so our game works forever, and um, that chat is the most one of the most important things that we have because people who play together stay together yeah. and yeah and 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 how I always tell people is like if you're alone on a Sunday morning and you're sitting on a terrace having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and you're reading on your iPad, you're reading the latest news, you will probably go home after one cup of tea or one cup of coffee. However, as soon as friends join that table, you will get a second cup of tea, maybe a third cup of tea, and you will stay there for lunch. In the meanwhile, it basically means that more rounds have been bought and more games have been played if you translate it. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've seen from, from from the very beginning. Like If you let people connect to each other, if you let people talk to each other um, in chat and you make sure that there are healthy bonds, then... Very nice things happen. Um, I've had the absolute luxury of being present at a player wedding. <laughs> I was invited together with um, uh, with another coworker. They were like, "Gamepoint has brought us together." That's number one, and number two, uh, you've been such a part of our lives that we want you at our wedding. And we are like, "Yeah, who are we to say no?" Um, awesome. That's super special. Um, I always like to say that this doesn't happen at the bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know many people that call up their uh, <coughs> the people at the bank saying, hey, I have a wedding. Do you want to come? Um, again, it's very special. It, uh, um, I had a reception once at the wedding, but this was actual wedding, wedding, being there, yeah. present, exchanging rings, everything. Wow. Um, and that is just one example of how powerful a uh, connection you can give people by giving them a platform, a game to play and play. Um, yeah, that that's one of the key lessons I learned very early on.
0: So I, I wanna dig into this just, just a little bit to to wrap my head around some stuff. So um you said your your players were were basically the same. Like do you have any players that have like continuously played the game since like two thousand five? Yes. Wow. Yes.
1: I have people that have been longer in game than I'm at the company.
0: That's amazing. Which is um, always fun to tell them. Do you and, and, and it's not like you have a, a short longevity, right? You, like I, most people are nine years at a gaming company today. I feel like people are jumping around all over the time. And I don't know if it's necessarily related to them or, you know, people poaching or whatnot, uh, but uh, that's crazy. So of these people, you know, you mentioned the social element, which is primarily chat. Um, do you, do you find that um, you kind of see friendships like created where they almost plan of like, Hey, we're going to log in together at like 7 p.m. or I'm going to wait for you to join so that we can kind of chat while we kind of play bingo together? Yes, definitely.
1: Absolutely. There are so many regulars um, that are there for, I don't know, four or five hours a day. Um, Kind of depends on the time slot, of course. Um, What you also see is that people tend to group together. So we have rooms and in a room you have 100 players maximum. Why? Because otherwise if you have a bingo hole that is like 5,000 to 1,000 people, the chat gets incomprehensible look at the random twitch chat and you will know what i mean um and yeah you still want to win and with 100 people buying cars, there's a bigger win chance than with 500 or a thousand people so we split them up into little rooms and what did we see over time people have their favorite room with all of their friends there it's basically walking into your favorite bar uh, where you know everyone where everybody knows your name and um so it also means that there is a little bit of in-crowd, which is pretty good because, yeah, uh, everywhere you have a tight group of people, they have in-jokes and they um, they they will they tend to um, have uh, a social connection to each other. And then, I don't know, after half a year, they decided, you know what, I'm in Amsterdam. I'm going to visit one of my friends that I met on GamePoint and I'm going to visit them in Amsterdam and then we have a great time. And then the next time it's with five people or with ten people. Um yeah, so the rooms are a very nice thing to have. and very very um, yeah, you, you can tell sometimes in which, people, in which room some people are. and what I like best about this is that if we ever decide to remove a room or change the name, that group of people will riot. And it sounds funny and kind of is, but it also tells you that they are so fond of the place that they found online that if you threaten to change that, they will not leave your game, they will tell you, we will leave. So they're so attached to your game that they will give you active feedback saying, Hey, don't do this, please. We like it here. Keep it as is. And if something has a room name, fine, we can keep it the same. Um, (laughs) But yeah, sometimes there's also changes to be made that not everybody is fond of the first time that they hear about it.
0: So, so maybe here's a question because your game isn't just a Dutch game, right? You, you have other countries with other languages. Yes. How is that something that's like self-regulated where you know the the dutch players just go to the you know dutch tables or you know can any player go anywhere or do you try to filter that out
1: yes we filtered it out so the 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 main languages that we have which is um uh, english dutch french german Those those are the biggest four and then we have italian spanish and uh, brazilian brazilian is portuguese um, yep. um and those are the main languages that we have, and we have community managers for them, and we have uh, uh, dedicated support agents for them. Um, and they keep an eye on the chat or look at the reports. Everything related to the language is is there. Because we also found out early on this targeted demographic doesn't have the best um, 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 ability to speak other languages than their own. They're yeah. older, and they didn't have it in, in, in school. They didn't grow up with the Internet. So they tend to have either their mother language or maybe English next to it. So if you want to maximize their entertainment, and if you maximize their entertainment, which makes the probability that you make profit off of them higher, you need to localize your stuff. Um, otherwise, they just won't get it. And we even have it with a new game that we have out, Uptown Bingo, is that we get the first message. It's only in English for now. We already got the first messages saying, like, I love this, but I would love to have it in French or in German or in Dutch, which we're now rolling out. So um, it's now fully localized. And that should increase every, every metric that we have.
0: Yeah, no, that, um, that makes a lot of sense.
1: So in regards to does a German player <coughs> play with a French player, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, yes, we have international rooms where every language is allowed, but we also have specific rooms with specific languages that we at first glance offer to that, um, to that language. So you can jump around everywhere you want, but we will first display you the, um, the rooms that we think is most suitable for you.
0: Yeah. Did you guys uh, do you support like uh, friends list or like direct messaging to a, like a single person or whatnot?
1: Yes, we have a friend list and um, uh, that's heavily used <laughs> <laughs> to the point where if we change something. And that the function has been there for over 10 years. And if we change something in it, it's it's like, don't leave my friends alone. Um, again, if players give you that type of feedback, they're super engaged. So I love it when those things happen. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and we have a DM system. You can talk to people. And uh, uh, we also relatively, I think two years ago, we introduced the club system where players can join the same club and have a private club chat. Um, all to just foster that feeling like, hey, talk to each other, play together, stay together. And that that's that's true multiplayer for me
0: as you added some of these features like I would assume and you can tell me if I'm wrong but I would assume that when you started the chat you just maybe threw in you know quickly get it out and it's like a chat with everyone but and then maybe later you were like well let's add a friend list or let's add the direct messages like you know as you added some of these social features that allowed players to engage at a deeper level like did that impact KPIs or retention or anything like that well the thing is all
1: those things were implemented before we started tracking those things <laughs> Because again, it's 15 years old and maybe maybe a
0: club chat would be an example or something like, you know, you introduce clubs.
1: Club club is aimed at a specific type of player, which has been with us longer. So we linked it to your level and um, we said like, okay, we need a certain amount of level, a certain amount of commitment um, before you can join a club and before you can create a club. So relatively few players are in a club, but we see the players that are in the club do relatively high amount of KPIs. So it's your, your classic 20% does 80% that type of rule. Um, so they are highly engaged users and then, then they engage with each other. So yeah, we have the club metrics, but that's such a relatively small amount of players that it's not leading in any uh, KPIs. We have other systems for that. Um, but yeah, we do know that if you have the ability to connect people through chat, uh, it does wonders for you. And one Prime example, what I can figure out from, uh, from what I can remember from, from all those years is it's an older demographic. That means that next to that, we have game point babies and marriages. It also happens that people pass away. So it's just a fact of life. And I super love the fact that our community takes the time and effort to actively honor somebody who passed away in a room. They will try to reach out to us saying like, hey, our friend passed away. Can we do something online? And we're like, yes, you can. We have protocols for this. Please talk to this and this employee. He will set up everything. We will guide you to a special room um, and we will be present there in that room just in case somebody decides to be disrespectful surprised, almost never happens that people are disrespectful. Um, and then usually one of the friends says, okay, I'm going to, t- to-, to-, to speak. And then we will take a moment of silence, like one minute. And we enable a, a special chat emoticon, which is a rose. And people um, uh, drop roses in the chat for like a minute or two minutes straight. And the only thing you see during those two minutes is just a bunch of roses in the chat. And it sounds a little bit wacky if you're not in the game industry, or uh, if, you, if you just heard it, you might've heard it in World of Warcraft that this happens, but it is such a powerful moment. If you're part of one of those evenings and we don't do anything for it, we just enable the, the, the room. We just make sure that people are there, that they can express their feelings in a respectful manner. And you get so much community respect from it. Nearly every single time the players will just say, thank you GamePoint for making this possible. Um, and, and and yes, we needed to create protocols for this. We needed to make sure that uh, that, that the people get um, the send-off that they deserve. But you cannot get too involved. Otherwise, you will be uh, uh, spending, I don't know, hours of your week uh, uh, setting these things up. And that's why we say, okay, we facilitate. You pick the room. Yeah. You make sure that the people get there. Somebody else does the eulogy or the, uh, the, 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 the respecting part of giving respect. We are just there to make sure that nobody misbehaves. And that's enough for people just... Mm. Provide a space, a safe space to do it. And uh, yeah, again, it's an incredible experience to 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 uh, to witness. Wow. And it's a completely different side than make sure that your game is optimized and um, yeah. make sure that every player <laughs> gets the experience that they deserve, which is important. But I can guarantee you making sure that these people have this space where they can do this does wonders as well for your metrics, just on longer term.
0: Well, I mean, if you think about like what is a game for a a game is there to entertain you to help you escape and I feel like the there's certain moments in a game of like certain highs and certain lows and that like emotional connection I feel like that leaves you with memories that stick around and I I would imagine that going to one of these, uh, eulogies and seeing all the roses and like the, like I would imagine that would be a very emotional moment that would really stick around with you. Um, and it has, I mean, basically nothing to do with your game, right? No. <laughs> like, um, but, uh, it, it's like, a the platform for the people to connect.
1: Yes. And that translates into more engagement. Mm-hmm. There is a flip side to this and, 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 um, this is something what I tend to miss a little bit in the industry. If you look, if you look in a broader sense, is that um, having such a an, an vocal and active community also means that it can backfire on you. It can it can um, provide a little bit of chaos. So when I started all those years ago as a community manager, we also had the game pool, and one of the um, uh, one of the rooms there was a room that had like. 20 or 30 people in there that played every night and they decided they wanted to do a special tournament for the uh, Dutch Cancer Foundation. So they approached me saying like, Hey, listen, we would like to do a charity event for the Dutch Cancer um, uh, Foundation. And uh, we'd like to take over the room and uh, play there for the entire weekend. I was like, "Ah, I love the What you want to do, but you cannot take over the entire room. Other people need a place to play, and they need to have the option not to participate in this event. So we need to find a different way. And I decided this on my own. Stupidly, I decided this on my own that this would be my response. Again, I was a junior. I didn't know anything. She just known. And ten minutes later, on Facebook, on public, GamePoint does not support Child Cancer Foundation. That was their response because I said no to a tournament in that specific way. So we needed to do damage control. So I was. Called in with a couple of other people. Like, what did you do? Why did you say no? This is this is horrible. But I didn't say that you couldn't do it. The result is this post saying that we do not support the uh, cancer foundation, which is absolutely not true. But try to recover from this. So <laughs> uh, a plan was made that we would host our own event, mentioning them, as in these, this is the idea of these players, um, and um, set up an own event and raise for the same charity, raise money. And let them have their own event in our game as well. So we acknowledged that it was their idea and we acknowledged that they wanted to do this uh, when we made it a bigger uh, event. And it was a lesson learned for me. Like you cannot on your own decide some answers that you want to give as a community manager because it <laughs> can backfire pretty horribly. Um, I would not expect somebody to, to just blatantly outright say, okay, they don't support this cause. Um, but people do. And, and that's something that, I took with me for a very long time with every comment, every decision that I made, like can we potentially have this kind of feedback from players publicly? Um, and that takes me back to the life of stuff because now, even now, if we make certain decisions like, um, um, no, I'm not changing a background color that we don't get feedback on that. But if we make a, <laughs> a new feature and it has a, a bugs in it that we didn't catch or there's a setting config incorrect, which means that players get way too much of a certain resource and you have to mitigate that. Otherwise you don't have an economy anymore, but well, good luck explaining to somebody how your game economy works. That's number one. And two, they <laughs> shouldn't care because it's not their problem, but you still need to tell them like, Hey, we need to do this to. <laughs> Relieve a problem, and you need to word that very carefully because I learned all those years ago. <laughs> if you don't word that very carefully, it will backfire. And I, I, I'm seeing less and less of that in the uh, in the media of games that make changes to their config with mm. live ops, and then have an answer ready for, hey, this is why we did it, and this is what it does, and this is how we uh, mitigate problem A or B or C. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's it's big and small companies alike that are just like we will release a patch note. And then we will be absolutely silent. Maybe in the Discord, they will explain things, but publicly they're silent. For, uh, <laughs> and and yeah, again, that experience from me that I'm being publicly blasted for saying something in hindsight, incredibly dumb. Somebody needed to teach me. Somebody needed to tell me like, this was not smart. <laughs> um, and in the meantime, don't discourage me from, from doing this again, because it was the right call to make to say, don't do this in this specific room, just I should have. Change my wording. Um, also, very important. How do you message your message? Are you going to yeah. be full on corporate, or is this audience a little bit more informal and therefore you need Personal. to word it differently? Um, are they tech savvy? Yes or no? Uh, first two years at community and uh, customer support, we're still at Java. I spent 30 <laughs> minutes. On the phone installing java on somebody's computer i was better at that than the 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 selling of uh, charity by the way but yeah you need to talk to somebody for half an hour guide them through something very complex just by voice you, you can not share your screen uh, you need to be very patient um, again all those things teach you to become better in whatever career path you take in gaming. Um and yeah, also part is so telling nice stories.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, it it seems like this uh this idea of um I guess I would say understanding your audience and like, like not just understand, but like deeply understanding who they are, their everyday lives, how your game fits into those lives, how they use the game to, you know, connect themselves, to connect socially, all those things then kind of translate into probably features and events and stuff. Like something, I, something that you, you told me one time that, that really stuck around was that the simplest live ops that you can do would be to set up a a simple in-game message that goes out to your Brazilian players on September 7th and says, happy independence day, enjoy this free gift of a thousand coins. Um, and you know, that'll boost retention. That'll increase engagement. Like players feel personalized. They're like, wow, these guys over, over there are thinking of us over here in Brazil on our special day. Like that's pretty cool. Um, and, and that's always kind of stuck with me. So, uh, you know, for, Let's say other studios that are maybe wanting to try to emulate this process because I think you guys have been running games longer than many other game companies have been around, and for folks that are striving for you know a lot of people are hoping their game is still live three years from now, let alone five ten fifteen right um yeah. you know what sort of processes do you guys go through, or like yeah. You know, How do you actually understand who these people are so that you can kind of gain that knowledge?
1: So we have the absolute luxury of having the same type of player for all those years. So you have a lot of moments to study them. You also have a lot of moments to make a wrong decision and learn from that. Um, um, But one of the key things is just communicate. I have spent so many hours in-game just talking to random players, uh, understanding their pain points, understanding... um, the upside, the downsides, everything. Um, uh, handling disputes between players. Um, um, some of you, some of them will favor you, others will not. How to react to that? You need to have a fixed skin. Um, but late, lately, what we have, we have more data, so we can see like, hey, this event that we are running generates per hour more cards bought in bingo. Therefore, the event works. Um, or the other way around, we do an event and uh, it doesn't change anything in the metrics happens. Um, But two things. So you want to set up as much surveys as possible, but you want to keep them very short and very to the point and make sure that you don't steer them into the right answer. It's very hard to do if you think about it correctly. Um, you, You would be amazed how often you steer somebody in a certain direction.
0: Do you have like an example of like what you might survey for, and then what that survey might look like to get that answer?
1: Yes, we have a thing that's called the road. Uh, we enabled that uh, three years no, yeah, three years ago. And uh, iteration one was simple play bingo. Um, you get candy points, candy points progress you on the road. You hit a certain milestone, you get some coins back. Very simple progression mechanic, uh, but it worked. But we felt like we could do better. So we first served like, did you actually like this? Overwhelming yes. There's something to do. We get something in return. It looks nice. Good job. So that's <laughs> nice to start with. Uh, and then we're like, yeah, but if everybody gets the exact same experience, whether if you're with us for 10 minutes or per day or four hours a day, you can't marry those two numbers. You cannot say to somebody who was there for 10 minutes, I want you to play a hundred rounds and somebody who's there for four hours, you can tell them, play three rounds. So you need to segment those players into what their favorite stake is and how they would like to play and then offer them some uh, customized route, basically, uh, within cohorts. And basically, ever since we didn't done that, people are like, hey, this is nice because I get reward that matches my player behavior. Um, I'm not done with, in, with the event in one day, but I'm also not finished, um, never finishing it. So we evolved and evolved and evolved and evolved it. And the last step we added, in the meantime, we kept serving in like, hey, do you still like this? Would you like to have a longer? Um, would you like to have different kinds of rewards? Would you like to have more rewards? Interestingly, if you ask them more reward, the answer is always yes. And that's one of the steering questions. So don't ask them if they want more reward. Assume they want that because you would like that as well.
0: Well, your your players talk a lot though. Like, isn't it possible that you have a segment that's getting maybe lower rewards with a segment that's getting like bigger rewards because they play more? Like, how, how yeah. do you get around that without causing a riot?
1: Simply telling them it's based on your player behavior. and. Yes, you will always have people that complain and, and, and uh, uh, will call you out on it or no, not call you out on it, but they will aggressively in the chat say like, hey, this is unfair or whatever. And we said, well, it's based on your player behavior. Uh, and this is what we feel is the best uh, solution. And it's not set in stone. That's also something we say. It's a literally evolving thing. Each time we run the event, we learn new things and we implement new things. Um, uh, and, and that helps a lot with calming them down. And I think it also helps that I have that history with them. I'm like, hey, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm running this, and we're doing our best. And, and, yeah, sometimes we slip up, but we'll make it up, and next time it will be better. Uh, so what we introduced oof, in September is the Evolving Road. So what we saw mm. was that um, we laid out a certain amount of milestones for you when you were done. And if you were done, it wouldn't start over. Um, this meant two problems. One, people who go through it very quickly don't have content anymore. Yep. Uh, and the other group is the people that don't engage that much and never finish it. Yeah. So that's two unhappy groups. Um, what we made now is that we start over a couple of times. So the more you play, the more it starts over and you get a little bit better reward. It also gets a little bit more difficult, but it's skilled ratio. ratio. Um, so you can keep on playing. And we solve two things with this. Number one is the people that went through it too fast slowed down, but still have content. And the players that didn't get to the end now at least have one or two um, uh, roads in between. So they still feel that they at least they completed a chapter or a stage or at least a a a part of the thing again, we run a survey and it's like, "Yes, thank you. <laughs> you solved two key issues and yeah for twenty twenty one we're with twenty twenty two we're going to evolve it even more um i'm I'm not done playing around with that thing it's it's um players like it, we like it um it it if done correctly, it will generate content for weeks, um, which also helps with our pipeline, because that means that those weeks we don't have to provide anything for them.
0: You you kind of talked about data a little bit of like, okay, we run this event and if they bought more cards, it was probably a success. Um, Have you ever encountered an event or something that you pushed forward where you saw that there were a ton of more cards bought, but for whatever reason, the players were pissed off and they didn't like that at all? And so the, me- well, from a metric perspective, it looked like it performed, but it was actually like causing angst amongst players.
1: Kind of, yes. So what we have from time to time is an event that is f- specifically for the most engaged players. But again, 2080 rule, it's a very small group that engages with that, but it's visible to most. So what you will get is saying, yeah, I'm not going to play in that room. I, I don't even have that many coins to spend on your cards. What are you doing? Why, why do we, why do we have this event? And then you need to tell them, look. Not every event is for everyone at the same time. This one is a little bit more for the people that uh, are more active. But rest assured, next week, we will have an event that's more catered to you. And then you will have your enjoyment. Um, if you tell them just straight up, like, this is how it works, most people accept it. It's very interesting. Um, and yes, they talk to each other a lot.
0: <laughs> I, I was also curious, um, you know, there's games like, I'll oh, say like Clash of Clans. Uh, which is based around the whole concept of clans and working together and stuff. I feel like Clash of Clans they try to get you into a clan relatively soon, but you guys have opted to like save the clubs towards like the the in-game type content. Have you ever thought about trying to like open up this you know team mentality group towards more of like your uh, other players?
1: Yeah. So the thing is, it works for a certain type of play, but not everybody is in there to play with a group. And if you force it on people, then then you will have a lot of empty clubs or a lot of inactive clubs. Mm. So i rather have a few clubs that are productive. Yeah. Um, and we can cater to those than the other way around.
0: That actually makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, you talk to these players a lot, um, and you're you're trying to come up with new interesting events and things. I always think of live ops as like, how do I do more of the same, but also make it different so that you get, you know, some, some different uh, feelings and stuff in there. Um, How do you guys come up with new ideas for features or new ideas for live ops events? Like, is it player-based? Do you just like sit around on a whiteboard? uh, You know, and how, if anyways, like, do you incorporate like who you know of what those players are and what they like?
1: So usually it starts internally, somebody has an idea. And um, we openly have a culture, like everybody can attribute to an idea. It doesn't matter uh, in which department you are. But it needs to be a little bit more than a, a, a note saying, we need clubs. You need to write out your idea. You need to pitch a little bit of your idea. And then it moves forward down the pipeline. Like, okay, and this is feasible. This is doable. You need to do your homework. You need to do your research. Because otherwise we would be starting on 25 different projects, and none of them would ever get finished. How good the idea might be. Um, sometimes you get inspired by other games. Um
0: that was my next question. You got me there. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's 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 um but usually not directly copying the mechanic though. It's more like the, the 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 flow or um uh um yeah, more like the flow than than copying direct mechanic. Because I talked about this during one of the panels um, at Pocket Gamer, not every hype is suitable for your game. And the the example I gave there is like, if you have a match tree puzzle game, uh, which a little bit of adventure in it, and you build in a battle royale, your players are not going to like that because it's not the type of game. So not every single trend is uh, going to be suitable for your game. So it's a little bit of common sense. It's a little bit of, we are... um, uh, we, we know what's best for you, because oftentimes a player does not know what they want. And it sounds a little bit harsh, but it is true. Um, and then the last factor is, even though I just said that, do talk to your players. Um, we often have small groups of players which we interview and ask like, hey, what is your biggest concern? What is your biggest pain point? Um, How can we make sure that um, we alleviate those pain points? Or we're looking into a charity run, which charity would you pick? Those kind of things. And those are very small groups, like five to 10 people. Because um, right now with COVID, it slowed down a little bit. But we like to have player days when we invite up to 100, 150 players to our office and just talk to them all day and provide entertainment for them. The thing is, if you have 150 people over, you get to talk to all of them for about five seconds. If you're lucky. So then we said, okay, we need smaller groups. Let's invite five or 10 of them. Let's sit down, nice little lunch, and ask them questions. And those 10 users are your average player on your platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has worked very, very, very well.
0: I, I know of some, and I think this is more on like uh, competitive type games, but um, what I've heard folks doing is they look at the either top 10 or top 20 um like guilds that are out there and they'll invite the guild master of each of them into like a special unique like discord channel or something like that and then these top players basically get to interact directly and then they report back to their guilds and it kind of gets dispersed but now they suddenly have through these guild members essentially access to their top 500 or top 1,000 players in the game.
1: Yep, that's a super solid strategy. That works. That's the same thing we do. We have, well, we don't invite the the, the clan leaders, but we have our special uh, super fan groups, which we just, on, on Facebook, close group, put all of the players in there. And that's way more informal than we can do on our regular uh, uh, outings, media outings. Uh, we have like two or three community managers in there per language. And we ask them for feedback. And yes, the, there are clan leaders in there, so they will report back to their players. But it's a very quick, direct line. Um, it happens from time to time that they report a bug before we even catch it. And again, That's... this is this is them appreciating us saying, okay, there's a bug here, please fix it. Um, because again, they are engaged. If they're not engaged, they would just leave.
0: Here's, here's an interesting um, theory that I have. I think that one of the most important parts of a game is like a, uh, a bug-free, really nice player experience, um, which is maybe even more important than like fancy live ops events or showy new features or something like that. Like um, uh, I remember I was talking to... Um, one of the founders of, uh, they made a hyper casual game. It was like one of those first uh, slicing games or something like that. and And he was like, the most impactful change that we made out of anything we ever did was we made it so that you didn't have to move your finger when you were slicing. You used to have to like tap, up and down, but now I can just kind of like drag it endlessly. And it was just like an easier. And he was like, yeah, that was like a 5% increase in day one retention. And they were already at like 55%. Um, And (laughs) it was, uh, you know, pretty staggering. And um, I was just playing a game last night that obviously had no UX designers or maybe QA tester. I don't know. And you hit the wrong button and your turn's over, and your guy's standing on ice, and you can't get back, and then the turn ends, and it melts, and you lose all your troops, and I was very furious when that happened to me, Um, but uh, (laughs) I I think um, what I'm trying to get to is how do you guys prioritize, like, bug fixes, or quality of life improvements for your players compared to just, like, making new features or live ops events or things like that. Like how do you guys balance your roadmap?
1: Yeah, that that's a pretty tricky one because we build on something that's already so, so, so old. And I'm sure I will can get you a couple of players that saying like this bug has been there for 10 years. Um, and then at some point it just gets incorporated in your UI or incorporated in your uh, daily flow, because people will learn to work around a bug if you don't fix it quickly enough, unless it's game breaking. Like game breaking is you need to address it as soon as possible. Every day that you wait, it's just horrendous. Um, but yeah, we cannot prioritize every single bug there is. Um, some players would like us to prioritize every single bug there is. Um, um, especially if it's something small, like change the color of the button or something like that. Um it's just really hard to make sure that it works on all platforms. It works correctly on all platforms and that it runs on relatively older device, because as we established earlier, it's an older demographic that usually plays on the secondhand laptop of their children, because that doesn't need the fastest laptop. If Zoom works, we're good. Um,
0: so you guys don't have any established process. Like I know some companies that are like, okay, of our time goes to just fixing bugs and quality of life improvement. So every Friday, you just, you know, your dev team and everyone, you just work on either pulling that bug that's been sitting out there for five years and maybe you knock it out or, um, Hey, you know, this would be really nice for our players. Let's do this. It's going to be a quality of life improvement. And it's just like, rather than completely always being focused on looking back, you're like, how do we continue to bring the quality of our platform up and do these little things that are, you know, just kind of thank you to our long-term players, those quality of life things where they're like, Oh, I was dealing with that for so long. It was just <laughs> that thing. And now you fixed it and it's, you yes. know, they're, they're delighted with it. Right. I,
1: I'm, I, I might've hinted that we don't do that at all. That's not true. We, we do have, um, um, quality of life changes overall, especially, um, uh, with newer releases, quicker releases, um, it's just that, that, like I said, sometimes it's hard to find a specific bug or to fix it. And we document everything. And um, we also give player feedback as in, hey, we fixed this and this is now uh, fixed. But there is a difference between something that gets uh, a, a thousand mentions in a, in a week versus something that gets five mentions in a week. Uh, and that's also part of your prioritization. Like how often is this discussed? How often is this um um brought up by players and you Indeed. cannot have the perfect game i'm sorry <laughs> they, they, i'm not hating on battlefield here but they didn't have the best release ever
0: <laughs> well you, you can have the perfect game it's tic-tac-toe drawn out on your uh, you can't possibly go wrong right
1: <laughs> yeah so that and that's one of the qualities of bingo it is basically tic-tac-toe oh. but then virtual because everybody knows the game everybody oh. knows how it works you don't have to explain anything um um it's really jump in and play and and then you get to meet people and then you get to get the ball rolling and and it's not not weird for us to have a pretension of years sometimes we just measure in years instead of weeks or months you which you is an in to... insane luxury i know
0: it, it is it, it really is um i i have a couple more questions i know we're almost out of time here um the the first one was a little bit back you talked about um how sometimes your players just because they've been doing this for so long have these like inside jokes and things like that like how does it work for a new player that's coming in like is your community kind of welcoming are there certain tables that you like push them to is there something that like the game point folks you know utilize with
1: yes so um the the quickest way is just 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 like how it works in a normal restaurant or we we guide you in at first and then we let you go and uh, let you explore and you will find your favorite table or your favorite room um, it I think it helps that we at least in the beginning tell you here is somebody who at least speaks your language that helps a lot and if you want to venture out into other rooms with other languages have fun go ahead uh, and we have a strong presence in game with our community manager so if people are new we can you can usually tell by the level that they are or um, that they type something in um, not in jargon because players have their own jargon. So you can quickly (laughs) filter those out and don't use that jargon Um, or even abbreviations. Uh, I spent the first two weeks in game learning all the abbreviations that they use. (laughs) Um, And if you don't use them back, they, they, they don't respect you at all. You need to learn their language. Uh, Um. Yeah, so that that's how that works. And um, even though I've been gone quotation marks from CM for over three years now, I still uh, talk very fondly about it, as you might have uh, guessed. Here,
0: I think my my final question. Is uh you know, this game has been running for a long time, but there's still new players coming in. Like, do you guys do any sort of like user acquisition or like how how do players find your game?
1: Well, we have a strong focus on 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 Facebook. So you have your ad situation there and 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 mostly it's uh, getting back turned users with special events. If we have something mm. you will just let them know, like, hey, you've been away for a while, but we have something new, come check it out. And yeah. Then you will see an uptick in retention again. Um it's just very hard to get true new users into your game and, um, and, and to get them to stick around, especially if it's a little bit of an older game. We don't have the most fancy graphics. Um, mm. We don't have the most fancy gameplay compared to um, some other competitors, but there is a group of people that say, "I don't need to yeah do if, you, if if that you change much. those
0: things, they they'll riot, won't they?:
1: <laughs> Yeah, then they will. It's like, uh, you know what? I'm good with buying a card or two and just playing." And I don't need all the fancy stuff. There's a real demographic on our platform that's like, I don't need all the fancy stuff. I don't need the season pass every single week. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it looks like it's a week. Um, just, just let me play my game and let me talk to people and we're good. Yeah. And um, that's what we provide.
0: That's Awesome. Well, I I know we're about out of time here. So I have one final question for you because it is the Mastering Retention podcast, of course. Um, And that is, you know, what's one tip or trick that that you found over the years to help boost player retention? Like, how do you keep players playing for longer?
1: Make your game human. And that's easier said than done, but make sure there's a human presence. Make sure there's a face to the company. Um, Make sure you have a community manager. Most likely, if you're a startup, you will do everything at once. Um, But yeah, make sure that there's somebody out there that is an actual person and not a bot to help out with questions and stuff because players will come for your game, but they will stay for each other and they will stay for your team if you Mm. have a team that reaches out to them and then you end up at a wedding.
0: Honestly, that's true. I mean, I feel like so many games, it's easier to just come and, and go when you feel like you're just kind of invisible and like nobody knows anything. But when you're actually greeted by a real person, it's like, oh... You actually care about me. Maybe I should give this thing a real try.
1: I have had, that's one of the things that we also have. We have a phone line, at least for the Dutchies. We have a phone line. People can call in and get a person on the line that will actively help them. And that also changes so much. If a person answers the phone.
0: That's great. Well, Vouter, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, If folks do have any questions, is there a good way for them to uh, get a hold of you?
1: Uh, Yeah, LinkedIn is pretty. um, Just look for Vouter GamePoint and I will turn up. Um, That's the easiest way. Um, Go check out our games. Go to to Bingo, GamePoint Bingo. Check it out. Play it. Maybe you'll run into me.
0: Check it out. Learn the acronyms, you know, learn the jargon, right? Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so so much. much. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.